going to do a topical message this morning. And uh, I'd like to speak on how the Lord provides. We're going to look at three places in the Bible. We're going to look at two of them in the Old Testament. Well, it's going to be four places, I guess. But we're going to look at two of them in the New Testament. And the reason I tell you up front that it's topical I know normally you don't announce what type of sermon you're going to preach, but uh, I didn't want, I, I've sat out there before listening to a sermon and I kept trying to keep, keep up and I was in a part, I wish he'd go into more detail. You know, it's like, man, I'd like to know more about this story that he's just hitting on and moving on. But I just want to let y'all know that we're, we're just going to be hitting on some highlights from these areas of the Bible. Look at 1 Kings chapter number 17 is the first one. 1 Kings chapter number 17 and uh, verse number 12. And she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, fear not and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first. And bring it unto me, and after make for thee and thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruse of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And we're in 1 Kings chapter number 17. Let's pray. Amen. So when we look at this story, we know that uh, Elijah the prophet was told to wait by the brook and and then after the brook had dried up, where the raven had fed him daily and where he drank of the brook, then the Lord tells him to go and you'll see a widow there and she'll supply for you. And when he gets to Zarephath, he sees this widow there and she's out picking up sticks. And the Lord says, there's the woman right there. And, and he asks her for a little bread. And she tells him, we just have enough for the next meal. It's a drought. It's a famine. They don't have food. And she's out there and she's picking up sticks. There's just a little bit of oil and a little bit of flour. And she's about to cook it. And that's as a last meal for her and her son. They may die. When we, we look at these circumstances in the Bible, these three stories, the second story we're going to look at, you don't have to turn there just yet, is Second uh, Kings chapter number 4. We see a widow whose husband died. Her husband was a prophet, and she calls to Elisha, and she says, you know that my husband was faithful, and you know that he served God, and that was saying a lot during those times. But uh, he's passed away, and we have debts. And the debtor is going to come and take my sons. And then Elisha asks her, what hast thou in the house? And then the other story we're going to look at is over in John chapter number six. And most of you know it well. Everybody here knows it well. The feeding of the 5,000. And the reason I put these together in a topical message, because I just see these as examples of how God provides. You know, there's no one single formula. When you're praying and you're asking God to supply the need, when you're asking God to take care of you, there's no single formula for how God's going to do it. There's no single way. There's not, nothing that says, okay, I do A and God's going to do B. I do C and God's going to do D. 
It just doesn't work that way. So even pointing out these three stories doesn't hit the whole, the whole eternity of what God can do and how he can fulfill his will. But in these stories, we see three examples. We see, number one, God provides for just one more meal. And number two, God provides for a lifetime. And number three, God provides for eternity. In this first one, we see the widow. She has the cruise of oil and the flour. And the thing that struck me most about the story was every day when that widow went, the, the man of God said, first bake me a cake. And that took faith on her part. That took some trust. You don't know if she just resigned herself, but she, he told her, the Lord said, it'll never fail. But she had to exercise that faith when he told her that. She had to go and take those sticks that she had prepared for her and her son. And when she went to that oil and that, that flour, and she poured it out, and to her, that was the last of it. And she bakes that cake and gives it to the man of God. Let me tell you something. I'm not preaching at you that you need to take care of the man of God before you feed yourself. I'm doing all right. <laughs> Amen. But what I'm telling you is sometimes when God provides for you, he's providing a way for you to take care of his business. I'll say that again. When God provides a way for you, sometimes he's preparing a way for you or he's making you able to take care of his business. I'll go ahead and give this little illustration. I, I'm not good with the illustrations, but I, I kind of pick up things here and there. But I know Megan was wanting to do these shoe boxes. <laughs> and she doesn't have a steady income coming in, but she was wanting to do the shoe box. She was praying about how can I do this? Because she doesn't have much money. And she prayed about it. Well, she ended up making enough money between her craft show and between some other things and opportunities that came up, she was able to meet that need. And you know, she didn't realize till afterwards and she's counting and she said, you know, I wanted to be able to give 80 and she counted it up when it was done and well, there's the $80 and then the Lord kind of uh-huh. It's kind of bingo. I'm not saying that that happens to you all the time, but there's been times in your life, I know y'all have been around long enough, there's been times in your life when you've prayed for something, and you said, Lord, if I just could have this, then I could do this. I would love to be able to give to this, Lord. I would love to be able to help in this area or do something in this area, and it does, it's not always money. Maybe it's ability. Maybe it's time. I don't know what it is. But you, you pray and you ask God, and it shows up. Oh, that's what this is for. Some people take the money and run and never see the benefit of it. But this woman exercised faith. She made the man of God a cake, and then he stayed with her. And as long as he stayed with her, that oil... And that flower never failed. There was always enough for one more meal. Each morning when they got up, there was always enough for one more meal. It was a blessing that was received because of that initial faith. You know, sometimes we don't get past that first point. That first point of trusting God. 
I, I love what Brad said. I'll probably be repeating it here and there, but, <laughs> you know, the, we don't do things for God for rewards. We do things to re, and it reveals what God has already prepared for us. That's so much different, isn't it? You know, rewards, something that you didn't have or something like that, and we look at it as rewards, but it, you ever wanted to help somebody? You ever... You ever tried talking to somebody and they, and they just kept talking so much that you just couldn't get out what you really wanted to do for them? Do you understand me on that? You're talking to a, a young person or a kid or, and, and you, it's right there. It's like, I can do this for you. And you just tell them, it's like, you need to come here first. I just need you to do this. And you know that if they do that, then you can help them in this way. But if they don't do that, they'll, they'll never know what you were willing to do for them. And that's the way it is with us. And we look at kids and say they're hard-headed, but how many times has God looked at us and said, if you'll just do this? He said, bake me a cake first. Take care of the man of God first. And then God revealed later it wasn't a reward for what she had done, but her faith revealed what was already prepared for. Look a little further down. Verse number 13, And Elijah said unto her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee thy nice uh, for thy son, for thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the crucible oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and her house did eat many days, and the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the crucible oil fail according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Elijah. Look at verse number 17. And it came to pass after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick. And his sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. And she said unto Elijah, What have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? Art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? And he said unto her, Give me thy son. And he took him out of her bosom and carried him up into the loft where he abode and laid him upon his bed. And he cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord, my God, hast thou also brought evil upon the widow with whom I sojourned by slaying her son? And he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord, my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come into him again. And the Lord, Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came, in, came into him again, and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the house and delivered him unto his mother. And Elijah said, See thy son liveth. And the woman said to Elijah, Now by this I know that thou art a man of God, and that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is truth. If she hadn't got through that first step, Elijah might have never been there to take care of her son. We read it and say, well, why did God afflict her son? It may be that it was already happening. But God used that to show her. God allowed the son. The son had lost breath. The son had passed as far as she knew. And 
in that first bit of faith, she had developed faith in God day by day by day as she sees that cruise of oil and water. And they're there. And then the time comes, the child passes away, and she doesn't blame him. She says, oh, man, God, have you come to call my sin to remembrance? She knows the things that she's done. She knows in her life, and, but she does want it taken out on her son. But God used that, and she said, now I know that thou art the man of God, and I know that his word is true in your mouth. The things that God says are true. God uses those things. He supplies enough for one more meal. In a practical sense, when you're in need, you know, the shelves may not always be full. You know, they're, they're, uh, you, you're looking at the food in the cabinet. It may not always be full. You don't know how you're going to take care of the next meal. You don't know how you're going to take care of the next bill. You don't know how you're going to take care of a person. You can't see all the way to the end. But day by day, and that was the lesson of the manna in the wilderness, day by day, God provides, God provides enough for one more meal. Look over at 2 Kings chapter number 4. 2 Kings chapter number 4. In 2 Kings chapter number 4, it says, Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets of Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondsmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? Keep your mind's finger on that for later. But he says, what hast thou in the house? And she said, thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Then he said, go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons and shalt pour out into all those vessels and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more, and the oil stayed. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil, and pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest. It's an interesting contrast, isn't it? In the one case, God provided one more meal. In this case, God provides enough for a lifetime. Now, the interesting thing is, between these two cases, God was using what they already had. You know, we look off into the distance. How is God going to provide this? How is God going to do this? You know, he says, what hast thou in the house? What has God already given you that can be used? I was thinking of the title for this message, Little is Much When God is in It. And it is. That little bit that we have. You know, there's there's the story of the talents, the parable of the talents in the New Testament. And they're all given a certain amount. One's given one, one's given ten, one's given a hundred. And the one the one brings it back and he's 
taken those talents and he's used them and brought back more to his master. But then there's that one servant. He takes that talent. He says, I know you're a hard man. And I know that you make money off of things where you didn't labor. And I, I took it and I hid it. And here's your talent back. I saved it for you. And he said, take it from him and give it to him that hath ten. God gives us abilities. God puts things in our house that can be used. You know, and those times of need. And in this woman's house, all there was was that pot of oil. Elisha didn't set it up so that all the other prophets would contribute and, and make her wealthy and take care of her. He, he said, what have you got in the house? Now, before you get too doctrinal on it, this is a spiritual application. But you'll find, and I've found in my own life, that God tends to use those things that are right around you. And those things have convicted me. He said, what have you, what have you done with what I've given you so far? You know, Jesus talks about being faithful in the little things. And then you receive more. In the, in the terms of a ministry, faithful in a small ministry, receiving a larger, things like that. In the, in the terms of your money, faithful with what God gives you. Because what you do with the little bit, you'll do with the large amount. And then notice too, Elisha said, Verse number three, then he said, go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons and shalt pour out into all those vessels and thou shalt set aside that which is full. You know the lesson here? He gave her all of those instructions beforehand. He didn't say anything about opening that door again. He said, go and borrow the vessels, bring them back to your house, shut the door, and pour into those vessels. Now, let's stop and think about it. I have nothing but a pot of oil. And I'm going to go out and borrow vessels of my neighbor, and I'm going to pour this oil into them. It's not going to take long before this one's empty, and I got about three or four that only have a little bit in them. That's how we are in the world, right? doesn't make sense. But he, he tells her to go out and borrow vessels. You know where the faith was in this? How many vessels did she get? How much did she go for? Go to this neighbor, go to that neighbor. I think that this woman, her husband being a man of God, trusting God, I mean, you want to get down into the story? This was shortly after Elisha up on the mountain I wonder if they suffered through that drought. I wonder if they went without. I wonder if they saw God fill up just for one more meal, one more meal. The Bible doesn't tell us, but you, you just wonder. And this woman had enough faith that when she went out, she borrowed a bunch. I only have one pot of oil, but the man of God told me, go ahead and gather in these empty pots and we're going to fill them with oil. Now, this is where you could get real charismatic in the sermon, right? This is where you could say, Bless God, you, you, you put down a seed offering and God will make it grow. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm saying in these circumstances, this is what the prophet told the woman. 
And she acted in faith and gathered up all these empty vessels. They shut the door, and she takes that pot, and it had to be amazing. And she pours it in to that larger vessel, and it just never empties. And she grabs another one and pours it in, and she's just amazed. And the pot still has oil in it, and she gets through how many, 10, 20? We don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. But she gets in there, and she fills all of those, and hand me another one. And her son's looking over, and there's no more. And here I am, hold, here she is holding that full pot of oil. If she had no faith, if she had just gone and got one pot or something like that, that's all she would have had. But she trusted God, and God gave her enough for a lifetime. You know, for us, sometimes God will give you enough to keep going for a while. Sometimes God will fill it up. You want another spiritual application? Just, just as an illustration, if you look at this, at the oil is a type of the Holy Spirit, you know, pouring yourself out into other vessels. You see, you see people as vessels, and you say, well, there's not much of me. You know, Peter, when he was there praying at the temple daily, and the man held up his hands, and he said... Uh, he held up his hands for alms, expecting something from Peter and John. And Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. He gave of himself what he had, and that magnified into an audience with the whole council. You never know what God's going to use you for, for that little bit. The ability, the willingness to pour yourself into other people. Look at John chapter number 6. John chapter number 6, verse number 1. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is, that, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples in the Passover. A feast of the Jews was nigh. When Jesus lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread? that these may eat. And, he, and this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. And Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. And one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here which hath five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And we know what happens there. You read the next verse, and they, Jesus took that small meal. There was a lad there with a lunch. It was all that he had, but God was able to grow that little as much when God is in it. And God was able to make it a meal to feed 5,000. But the point of the meal, without going too deep into the story, the point of the meal was not just to feed them for one meal. The point of the meal was not to feed them for a lifetime, but the point of the meal was to feed them for an eternity. Look at uh, verse number 24. In, in, uh, just to recap, they bring back the baskets after, after passing it out, and there's 12 baskets full of, the, full of the fragments, one for each of the apostles. 
Verse 24, when the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, and this is after the meal and after, after Jesus left, neither his disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum seeking for Jesus. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? And Jesus looks right into their heart, and he answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, you seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. He says, Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but the meat which endureth unto, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Sometimes, God's just teaching you something through that provision. I mean, most of the times you're learning about faith, right? You're learning about trusting God for the meal. We see that in the other two. We see God using, in all three cases, what is available. He didn't produce it from nothing, but he produced it from the faithfulness of the lad. He produced it from the faithfulness of the the prophet's widow, and he produced it from the faithfulness of that widow of Zarephath. And here he produces it with the faithfulness of the, of the lad and the faithfulness of the apostles to hand it out. But the people mistook it. They wanted the food. They, they saw the miracle of the food and they were fed and they were following Jesus. He said, you didn't follow me for the miracles. You, you want the bread. And he tells them, labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that which gives everlasting life. But for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give to you. For him hath God sealed. And then they said unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? And he goes on and answers. But Jesus lets them know in that chapter that he is the bread of life. In these cases, we see God providing for the meal. We see God providing for a lifetime. And we see God providing for eternity. Look at uh, Luke chapter number 12. I only go to Luke chapter number 12 just to provide some balance. You know, waiting for God for provision. God tells us, wait on the Lord. God tells us, you know, there, there was always that balance. There was always wondering, what is that balance between God's going to provide and what I have to do? Because it, it's like, the Bible says, wait on the Lord, and you shall renew your strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall walk and not grow weary. But then the Bible also says some other things that balances it out. Jesus tells them to consider the Consider the lilies of the field, how they don't toil. And here in Luke chapter number 12, he talks about it. But they don't toil, and, they, and God takes care of them. We see, we see the physical here. I, I just want to show you this in uh, chapter number 12, verse number 21. Let's start up at uh, verse number verse number 13. And one of the cap- companies said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? 
And he said unto him, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. And verse number 20, But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? And you read this passage and you say, well, God, God's not for money. God's not for you having wealth or God's not for you hoarding it all up. But we see the reason that he gives this parable in verse number 21. He says, so is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. The balance in God providing for you is always keeping him in mind, is always being willing to serve God. It's for his purposes. It's the man that hoards it up that God gets angry with. And I wanted to give another one for balance in Second Thessalonians. And I kind of skipped over it, but when, it was when I was reading about the lilies of the field. And it, I always read that, and it's like, for they toil not. You know, he said, labor not for the meat which perisheth. You know, it's like, are we supposed to, are we supposed to live monastic lives? Are we supposed to just wait for God to take care of us? And over here in Second uh, Thessalonians, Paul talks about some. He says, uh, verse number 7, for ye yourselves know how ye ought to follow us, for we behaved not ourselves disorderly among you. Neither did we eat any man's bread for naught, but wrought with labor and travail night and day that we might not be chargeable to any of you. Paul talks in another place how they, they didn't have to labor because they were serving God, but in order to not be chargeable, in, in order to not be slack. Paul wasn't slack. He always worked where he went. He says, uh, Neither did we eat any man's bread for naught, but wrought with labor and travail night and day that we might not be chargeable to any of you. Not because we have not power, but to make ourselves an example unto you to follow us. Verse number 10, for even when we were with you, this we commanded you that if any would not work, neither should he eat. I'm just kind of sharing this with y'all, but when, when I was out of work, that verse used to haunt me. And the Bible also says that uh, if any man, if any will not provide for his own, he is worse than an infidel. There's a balance. We are to work. We are to take care of those things. God gives us that ability to take care of things. And this is just looking at the way God provides things. God provides for one more meal sometimes. Sometimes God gives you plenty. And sometimes it's just a spiritual lesson. You know, I call that a handful on purpose. You know, there'll be times uh, in job hunting, there have been times and just had a real good interview, but there wasn't a job behind it. But it was just enough to keep you going. It was just enough to encourage you to keep going. It's like, well, they just don't have openings right now and just got to keep looking. And uh, I guess these 
verses have been on my heart, so I just wanted to share them with you this morning. And maybe it's because of the way we see food going up. I paid $15 for a hamburger yesterday. And they say the inflation hadn't even hit us good. But God provides for his own. God takes care of us. So if you'll stand.